and welcome to this week's episode of the Relatable Mama podcast presented by Anchor Behavioral Consulting. I'm your podcast host, Anna Richardella, and I am a mom of two boys, two and under, a wife, board-certified behavior analyst, and the owner of Anchor Behavioral Consulting. It is my passion to help other parents feel supported and seen, and I hope that by listening to this podcast, you are able to learn something new or just feel like you're not alone. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, and thank you for joining this episode of the Relatable Mama podcast. At the time of this recording, it is the first week in December, so I thought what better time than to talk about holidays, gifting, and all things of that nature. Holidays can be a really challenging time of year for not only ourselves, but our children, and I think it's super important to give yourself and your children grace for all of the stress that comes with holidays and being a parent and having the mental load that the holidays brings. That's something that I have been thinking about a lot this year that has contributed to my stress level and as a result of that can also affect my children. Something that I don't think is talked about very often is the mental load that increases during the holidays and For me, the way that that looks is that as the primary parent, I am responsible for knowing my child's size of clothes, what clothes they might need, what gifts they should get, um, what their interests are, what they already have, you know, all of those things. And then multiply that by two because I have two kids. Um, And then on top of that, all of the gifts that we give to other children in our family, other adults, um, just thinking of different gift ideas for other people, that mental load is multiplied so many times during the holidays. And then you add to that hosting holidays and what's on your menu and the groceries that you need to buy and budgeting for those things leading up to specific holidays. Uh, In my family, we celebrate Christmas and we will go to my in-laws house for Christmas Eve and Christmas dinner but then we have other in-laws on Christmas breakfast and so this is something else that I then have to think about as a mom of two kids who is working full-time between two jobs and (laughs) doing all of the other things that are required of me and I don't want this to sound like I am ungrateful for the life that I have or complaining, but I do want other people to know that this is a common struggle. This is something that is super frustrating and exhausting for other parents, especially when you are the primary parent. Speaking of gifts, I am a huge advocate for gifting experiences I think that so many times our children are gifted things, which I know often lights up their eyes the day that they open the presents on their birthday or Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever holiday it is that they're celebrating. But often those toys aren't played with for a long time and are, you know, discarded or donated pretty quickly after only using them a couple of times. And So in order to reduce some of the waste that you're seeing at home, reduce some of your clutter, and to 
help your child to understand more about, you know, spending quality time together and doing activities rather than receiving things. I love the concept of gifting experiences. So some ideas for this are swimming lessons, um, play sessions at play places, theme park passes, piano lessons. Um, I even kind of in a related sense consider things like a trampoline to be a little bit more of an experience gift where you can have more of a connection with your child or it can be something that they can use a lot more long term. Maybe we can consider that more of a functional gift. Um, I know for some family members this concept might be a little bit challenging because they want to get your child something that they can see them open and see them, you know, see their eyes light up when they open that gift. But it is something that I think you can explain to people that we want to instill more quality time and appreciation of quality time in our children than just getting things to get them. And it's certainly a, it can be a difficult conversation, I think, for some family members, but just keep in mind that you are the best parent for your child. You know what's best for them. And that all is to say that if this isn't something that aligns with what you want for your family and doesn't align with your beliefs, by all means, have a stack of presents under the tree. I am certainly not saying that my kids will not have some presents under the tree, but I really sat with my thoughts this year when we were thinking about what was needed for our kids and even in what we're gifting our own kids, it's not a lot. Um, you know, not really over-the-top extravagant gifts. We really just are thinking a lot more about decluttering our home. Uh, that's a huge thing for me right now. I, I feel like every time I walk into our playroom that, you know, certainly we are so blessed to have an entire room dedicated to our children's stuff but every time I walk in there I am overwhelmed and every time I walk in there I'm having to pick stuff up off the floor and in order to reduce some of that in the future I have just really been thinking about more functional and experienced gifts that will not contribute to me being annoyed when I walk into the playroom every time. Now, shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about holiday schedules and how we can prepare our children and help with their change in schedule so that they're a little bit more hopefully successful and less bothered by the change in routine when there are big changes in routines like holidays where maybe you're not at home or you have a lot of guests at home. So one suggestion is really to keep as much of the day consistent as you can. So if your child wakes up at a specific time every day and follows a fairly structured routine, try to keep that consistent throughout the holidays as well. I know that my kids will be out of daycare for the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, we will still be getting them up, unfortunately, at like, 6 15 6 30 every day 
there's no break for us as parents. But it's so helpful for them to stick to that routine. Uh, my younger son will definitely continue to have his at least one solid nap and maybe a crap nap later in the day. But definitely prioritizing most of the structure that you can so that your child knows what to expect. What we often see at these times where their day is inconsistent, their structure is totally different, is that your child doesn't know what to predict. They can't predict their schedule. They are not understanding what their day is going to look like. And that's when we see a lot of pushback, a lot more behavior, and just a lot more irritability from our kids. It's really helpful. I think a good rule of thumb is to keep your schedule 80% consistent throughout the week and have 20% changes. Now, that is an ideal goal, but I know for my family in particular, we have stuff on Christmas Eve, stuff on Christmas Day. We ha are going away for a couple of days throughout that week. We have Christmas Eve and New Year's, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We have a family brunch one day. That in my head is already not sounding like an 80-20. However, there are still things that we can do to ensure that there is consistency and Another one of those things is to prepare your child for what their day is going to look like when there are changes. I like to tell when I do family coaching, I like to tell parents to put themselves in their child's shoes, right? You already have such little control over what happens to you throughout the day. You get picked up a lot of the time and move to who knows where, right? Like, I pick my son up off the floor because he's tantruming and I might move him into another room. And he doesn't know where he's going or why most of the time. Imagine you were a two-year-old and all of a sudden somebody said to you, all right, get your shoes on, let's go, we're going in the car and we don't know when we're coming home. That's terrifying and gives you zero sense of control and you have had nothing explained to you to understand what's happening. So it is super helpful to prepare your child, whether it is the day before or the day of, with what's going to happen. Hey, today we're going to go see our cousins at so-and-so's house. We're going to be there until after dinner time, but we're going to come home from bedtime and you are going to sleep in your bed tonight. That's just an example of how I would word it for my two-year-old. I think that this can be applied to pretty much any age of child, um, over one probably, and try not to underestimate your child's language comprehension. Even when they are one-year-old, they can definitely grasp a lot more than you probably think that they can. So just give them an outline of what their day might look like or what changes they can expect. And within that, try to give them some control over choices that they can make that are appropriate for them to make. So when it's time to leave, do you want to wear your sneakers or your boots? Do you want to wear your red jacket or your blue jacket? Do you want to bring a hat or do you want to leave it home? These are just really little simple ways that you can help involve your child and give them some sense of control 
in an instance where the rest of the day they may not have any sense of control. Another thing to keep in mind as you are probably traveling, going to different relatives' houses, is to check in with your child emotionally and see where they're at about greeting new people, about being familiar with people that maybe they haven't seen in a while. Um, this is something that is near and dear to my heart because it is something that I struggled with as a child. I come from a really big family. I have a lot of extended relatives who I <laughs> didn't see frequently, uh, didn't have like very close relationships with, but I also come from an Italian family where it is super important culturally to greet every single person that you see. Um, as soon as you walk in, you should give everyone a hug and a kiss. And I, <laughs> I don't love that. And so with my own kids, I am very adamant about setting boundaries for them that if they do not feel comfortable with greeting somebody, especially in a physical way, that it's okay for them to wave. They don't even need to use their voice. And once they are comfortable, they can go and get involved in the action. But until that time, nobody should be putting their hands on my child and everybody should be respecting my child's boundaries and their level of comfort. Now, something that I hear often is that people say, oh, your child's being rude, your child's being disrespectful, um, you know, what if my great-grandmother thinks that my child's a brat because they're not saying hi? Don't worry about it. And I know that's easier said than done. And I know that when I, my son was young, my older son was young, I definitely worried about this all the time. And the more that I talked to other parents, the more that I realized that this was not just a me and my child problem. This was... A widespread concern for people um, and a lot of the time when I spoke to other parents the concern was that they had had these experiences when they were a child and they were forced to give somebody a hug who they didn't know or they were forced to you know let somebody kiss them that they didn't remember and that's super uncomfortable so please just Check in with your child before events like this or as you're going into holidays and visiting family and relatives that your child may not see very often. And keep in mind that this is really difficult for them as well. Okay, let's go back to gifts for a second. My mom suggested this one. Thank you, Judy. You're learning strategies from me. I really appreciate it. One of the things that is really overwhelming for kids is opening all of these presents and you know seeing one thing that they absolutely love and then being told that they need to move on and keep opening presents so you can often see that your child will get upset and frustrated and maybe have some challenging behaviors if this is something that's happening so one suggestion is to maybe take a video or a picture of them opening that gift and then um, allow them a little bit of time to play with it if that's something that works for your family and make sure that maybe you can set up ahead of time having 
you know, different family members open gifts in like a, this person opens one gift, then the next person opens one gift, kind of in like a circle, and give your child an opportunity to interact with the gift that they first opened. That's one way. Another way is by just picking a couple of gifts and maybe saving the rest for later to open or picking one gift and saving the rest for later. And then you can take a video or a picture of them playing with a particular toy and send it as a thank you to that person. And if you are with family who is questioning why you're doing this, your rationale is Christmas or whatever holiday that we're celebrating is very overwhelming for my child. And in order for us to have the least stressful day possible, we are going to have them open one gift now and let them play with their toy and then we will open the rest of the gifts later. We are so appreciative of everything that was given to our child and we will send you pictures of them enjoying that game or toy or whatever it is later on. Something else that's really challenging for kids during the holidays is eating. So think about, you know, your routine when you go to visit other family or you have family come to your house for holidays. A lot of the time, you're not eating at your child's typical time. Your typical dinner time is probably moved up by a couple of hours. So keep in mind that kids' bodies really respond well to routines. Going back to what I said earlier, sticking to your child's structured routine is super beneficial throughout the day. And then when it comes to that time where dinner might be a little bit earlier, their timing, their hunger cues are going to be off. They don't normally eat a big dinner at three o'clock in the afternoon. That's weird for their bodies. So give your child grace and have the expectation that they may not sit and eat a big portion at three o'clock. Maybe they'll eat a little bit more later. Maybe they will only eat a roll for dinner and that's okay. That one meal is not going to make or break your child's nutritional needs for the rest of their life. And even if that's happening a couple of times throughout a holiday week, your child is going to be okay. Something that's going to probably come with this though is comments from other family members. Are you sensing a theme here? Because I am. There's always going to be comments from other people. Try not to let it get under your skin. This is something that I have taken a lot of time in therapy working on and a lot of time working on for myself and mentally preparing for people to make unnecessary comments about how I'm choosing to parent my children. I don't care if my child only eats a handful of grapes for dinner when we're at a family's house. I don't care if my child doesn't eat anything because I know that throughout the day they were well fed. I know that this is a lot of food that they are not used to seeing. It is a lot of food that maybe they aren't used to seeing it prepared this way. It's okay. I know that my child's needs are met. I know that my child is healthy, safe, and loved. And this is a mantra that got me through really dark times of postpartum anxiety and rage. I am the best parent for my child. My child is healthy, safe, 
and loved. And that's all that matters. So if Aunt Fran, sorry, I definitely had an Aunt Fran who was wonderful and would never say this, but that's what came to mind first. If Aunt Fran is coming at you or your child and saying, oh, you're only eating a roll for dinner, say, yeah, he is only eating a roll for dinner and he's going to be fine. Try not to let it bother you. Stand up for your child. Have some boundaries. I hope that you and your family are able to enjoy whatever holiday that it is that you celebrate. If you don't celebrate any holidays, I hope that you have a relaxing time with your family in whatever way that you can. I just want to take a minute to share my appreciation for every single person who listens to this podcast as well as all of my clients at Anchor Behavioral Consulting and my colleague Christina and just wish everyone the best year in 2024. We are looking forward to so many exciting things. We are looking forward to more exciting guests on the podcast and doing a lot more with Anchor Behavioral Consulting. So we can't wait to see you in 2024 and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Relatable Mama podcast. We would appreciate if you would like and subscribe to our podcast for updates. For more information on how we can support you, check out our Instagram at Anchor Behavioral Consulting or visit our website, anchorbehavioralconsultingllc.com. See you next time.